It's about to go down, guys. The feud after Buzz TV after show. Betty and Joan, tune in. It's going to be cray. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> I've written a letter to daddy. <laughs> that is so creepy. His address is sent from above. <laughs> I've written a letter to daddy saying I love, love you. you. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Oh my God, guys, what a treat. I'm Marie Menounos here at AfterBuzz TV. I am so excited to bring you the after show for Feud, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And I'm joined by my other psycho fans. <laughs> Introduce yourselves, people. I'm Justin Sylvester at the Lady Sitter. I'm Fern Rone at Fern Rone. I'm Kevin Adegaro, The Tomorrow Show. Guys. What did we just watch? I cannot believe that Ryan Murphy pulled this off. Oh, my God. Okay, so we have been waiting and waiting to watch this. Okay, so we primed the pump at our house. Kevin and I hosted a screening of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane Friday night with, uh, actually, with the director of The Edge of Seventeen, Kelly Freeman Craig, who is an amazing director and was celebrated this season with her film, and uh, Emmanuel Shrieky and her boyfriend, and we just had the greatest time ever. And I'm so glad we watched it before this. Okay, so it's so fresh in our heads. Well, I think anyone who's going to tune into the series. If you haven't done so, please watch uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane because it's going to give you such better context to the point that even what you sang at the opening doesn't come from Feud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It comes from Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Mm-hmm. So if you mm-hmm. want to know what Maria was singing, it's because you haven't... you got to see Baby Jane to understand it. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. That song has been stuck oh. in my <laughs> head. Oh, my God. And so, so the show is about the feud that kind of erupted between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And if you watch the movie, I mean, you can tell that they used kind of their anger Mm -hmm. for each other to, uh, for a good purpose. Because it made for the most horrifying horror movie. And when I rewatched it, because this was my second time seeing it, I've always told people that I, actually I've seen it like three times, I've always told them it's one of my favorite movies because the performances were so stellar. This is Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Whatever Mm -hmm. Happened to Baby Jane. And it was just such a horror film. I was like, honey, please make it stop. I'm screaming through the whole movie. I'm like, I can't handle it yeah, anymore. Yeah, it still holds up. I mean, for you, for Fern, for you guys, Jason, was it still, uh, when you watch it, is it still scary to you? You know, it's funny. After watching um, Mommy Dearest and knowing what kind of control freak she was and the kind of person she actually was. Joan Crawford. Then, Joan Crawford. And then watching Baby Jane, you can feel the tension, but you can also feel how Betty Davis was tapping into that Mm -hmm. to kind of egg her on. And you see it in this show. Mm -hmm. She was tapping into her being this perfectionist and her insecurities and using it against her like the whole time. It's insane. The amazing thing about Baby Jane is there's no blood. There's no blood, guts, gore. It's a horror film, but there's none of that. But you just feel the fear because their performances are phenomenal. Good and, point. And you're scared because we all have a baby Jane in our lives. We <laughs> oh all know God. a baby Jane in our lives. Yes. We all have one. You, so what do you mean by that? Because I know we do too, but I want... Like there's always that one girl or guy who you have to kind of watch your back around, who you don't fully trust, but you keep close just in case. Yeah, like the right. people that you can see the whites of their eyes. That's like, I mean, above and mm-hmm. below uh-huh. the pupil. Mm-hmm. The crazy Not eyes. to the sides, obviously, because you can see that. <laughs> but the crazies. <laughs> right? Yeah. But if you look, I mean... I'm such a movie fan. Single white female for me. Oh my god, I have to rewatch that. Has a whole new meaning after watching What Happened to Baby Jane because it was like the original single white female. You're right. She wanted to be her sister. She wanted the stardom of her sister, and she really made her life a living hell. And we were talking earlier about how Kim and Kyle Richards. You, you see it a little bit of it today because you you have a child star. You know, with, with Kim was the child star who was very successful in Disney films, and then later. Kyle 
was one. And then as we start talking, we start going all, through all the other feuds. Oh, no, it's crazy. Right? It's insane. But if you look at the feuds, like, back in the day, it was like a slow roll. You know, like, you kind of had a dig here in a magazine, and then someone had to wait for a premiere to dig back. Now feuds are so instant. Twitter. 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 <laughs> and people are going right. off. Uh-huh. It's more instantaneous, and it's not as fun. But back then... A feud was like a real feud, and you had to be meticulous and calculating mm-hmm. to oh. really get it done. And your words had to be careful, and they had to mean something oh. without being completely nasty. Oh, no, no, no. now on Twitter, yeah, yeah. people are just calling each other names. Oh yeah, I think of instantly Donald mm-hmm. Trump and Rosie oh, O'Donnell. Yeah. I think of Kim and Taylor Swift. Where, like when Kim dropped the, yes. the the audio, like you think of all these things, and you're like, man, yeah, and not that you know. Anyhow, let's get to the episode because I, I think we can't go anywhere first without saying that opening was sick. Unreal. Ridiculous. Right? So Hitchcock, um, Hitchcock-y. Yes. It was very, yes. very... It, it basically, you know, went through the whole Baby Jane storyline, but in such a animated. very animated and gory way without being gory. It's and it crazy. And it was very 60s, right? Yeah. It, it was, was very, very like, retro. Men. The music was amazing. And even the... And you take the, these two go through this full battle that you see in the movie, right? That you see in Baby Jane. But the end, did you notice the tears of hearts? <gasps> I where, know. Where they both really are going to mm-hmm. come out. Yeah. They're both and broken. The they're both sad. Split. Yes. Yeah. They're, no one wins in this. No, no, no. For sure. Oh. But if you think about it, I mean... There's a lot of ageism that's presented in the show. And in Hollywood, ageism is a really big deal. Yeah. So for them, they're both in the same spot. And they both need each other. I, I can't get rid of it. And misogyny. And misogyny, yes. It's insane. Well, but Joan Crawford was like that woman who wanted to break those walls anyway. And, and shout out to FX for doing this. Because as an executive, you live in fear. You know, you, you're, you're only as good as your last project. And to put out a story that's 70 or 80 years old. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's niche. Yeah. It's females. It's it's Hollywood. I mean, it's not like doing OJ. Yeah, like OJ touched all of us, and it touches race. It's a this is a you would think is a long shot, and yet they nailed it. And let's hope the audiences agree outside of Hollywood. Well, and yeah. it's going to continue because they're going to do it with other people. So the next one's about Princess Charles, yes. Princess Diana. And <laughs> okay, Charles. But, but again, I get so, that Maria because that's that's more, more modern. Sense, you know, I yeah. get that. Like I get OJ, and I get like you were saying, Mariah and J Lo. J Lo, get it? Yeah. But this is I give them so much credit for it's like doing HBO doing John Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like why? But it's unbelievable, and and uh, I'm just so grateful. Yeah, there's probably a lot of young people who are. Like who's Joan Crawford? Who's Betty Davis? But oh once they my see it, god! They can relate. You must, you must know, you must watch. Right. You know what? It's funny. After we watched the movie, Kevin and I were watching a lot of YouTube videos. We watched an interview with Barbara Walters and Betty Davis. We watched an interview Phil Donahue did with Betty Davis, and and it's so interesting. She was a very wise woman. Mm-hmm. She was really smart, and and I loved hearing her interviews talking about. Um, you know, people called her difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Such an interesting term to, to name a female because that's what they do. They call mm-hmm. females difficult. And mm-hmm. you know what she said? She goes, I was only difficult when it was about self-preservation. When someone didn't know what they were doing, yes, I stepped in. And guess what? Why shouldn't you? Because I agree. a male will, yes. mm-hmm. but if you're a female, you're difficult and you're a diva and you're a bitch. Or a see you next Tuesday is Stanley Tucci's mm-hmm. character right? in this yes. Calder. <laughs> and it's really frustrating. And in that interview... Uh, uh, Joan, excuse me, Betty had said in the interview with, I think it was with Donahue, she said to at the same point, but when it's a William Wyler, you when the guy knows his want. job and he's right. amazing, or a girl knows her job, you let him do what they but want. But I say mm-hmm. the same thing. Listen, I've been doing this for a long time. I know how to do my job. Um, I, I think I'm really good at what I do. And if I fall into the hands of someone who's green or really doesn't know what they're doing, then yes, I'm going to pick up the slack because I'm not going to go out looking like an idiot and yeah. I shouldn't allow myself and I shouldn't have to allow right. myself. Well, I think with Joan, with Joan, her complaints probably were more on the side of, could have been more on the side of vanity. And I know that as a director working with those kind of stars where they're just really covering their own ass mm-hmm. yeah. and it's about their little piece, their which is going to ruin the whole film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all about their moment, more close-ups, more of this. But with Betty, I felt it was really about the big picture and the art. Like, I want to make a great film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I love that in the opening of the show, in the first, like, ten minutes, you meet both characters, but 
I love the moment where they both walk into a room separately, but you feel their presence. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. old Hollywood moment mm -hmm. that you feel when a star, star. is around Which you. Which we don't have anymore. No. We don't okay. have it really because there's too many. Yes. Mm -hmm. The thing about that time was there were so few and they weren't available. They were untouchable. Now it's all about being relatable. Hey, mm -hmm. let's have a beer. Oh my God, I'm here in my slides. Like, I'm so, <laughs> so chill. Well, that's why you love the it's ones. Different. But with the few that are left, Maria, that do keep that arm's length. Yeah. I think... Uh, like if Catherine Zeta-Jones walks into a room right now, you're going to be like, ooh. Oh, for sure. Because but you don't see her very often. Mm. Like when I saw her on screen, I was so excited. Mm -hmm. That's Olivia right. Davlin. Yeah. But when you see like a Catherine Zeta-Jones or a Nicole Kidman walking, or Meryl walking to a room, they're, walk, they're walking in feeling, looking, and presenting themselves mm -hmm. like a star. Mm -hmm. They're not walking in Lululemon to go to yeah, the yeah, Ivy. Yeah, like, yeah. she's going to Borneys and she's head to toe <laughs> and ready to go. Right. right. That's uh, what I love about those people. And I, I think none it. of them have Twitter. Like, they're not that accessible. They're exactly. Not, but you'll yeah. see, I think the new movie stars that come up will all be. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we'll still well, have Natalie those Natalie Portman which is, is very why much I've like always, that. But I've mm -hmm. argued with people many times. I've had to make an argument that no, Natalie's a movie star. I yeah. believe she's that old school yeah i bet on her yeah but we don't yeah we don't see you know so Catherine zeta jones plays olivia de havilland who i love by the way olivia de havilland can, so can we one shot up you guys <clears throat> about even how that was shot did you notice how the, first for me who's i'm a history major he brought me back to the 70s yeah mm -hmm. just the way the texture of the film and the way just just even how that sequence was shot those interviews was incredible he being Ryan Murphy Ryan Murphy <laughs> and then also it shout out to Olivia Havlin who you guys she ultimately is the one that wins the Game of Thrones because she's 100 years old she's still alive in France killing it she came yeah. back for the 75th Oscar thing was was very intelligent very articulate so it was interesting that we feature her mm -hmm. she was the female kind of in between them. Yeah. You know? And and two things that she said was very interesting. Uh. It's almost like she said the greatest it was the greatest star in Joan Crawford and then Betty is the greatest actress. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well that was the distinction that was so important in this movie is that, you know, one you need on the marquee and the other one you need for the gravitas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to hold it down. And it was just so interesting that you know, no matter how big Joan Crawford was, she was still so insecure about who she was. And that's what makes this so amazing. Um, what I loved about Olivia de Havilland, or Catherine Zeta-Jones, who played Olivia de Havilland, is what she said. She said, feuds are never about hate. They're about pain. <laughs> and that was so what that true. was. It's the like pain that Joan Crawford had. Because she never got the respect that she mm -hmm. felt she deserved. And Betty had her and pain. Too, yeah, you saw her pain mm -hmm. too, Maria. Betty had a just different pain. Betty yeah. always felt that she was a great actress and Joan was the movie star. And then they find themselves both in the same place. Yeah. Right. Not getting roles. And, so. and as we'll go on and take it kind of scene by scene we'll see that you know uh, Betty's life was not yeah was troubled I think Betty's like the actress and Joan Crawford was like the socialite mm -hmm. who really wanted that approval mm -hmm. and wanted her to really see her as an actress yeah please yeah, accept and me. we see that a lot in Hollywood now mm -hmm. you know reality people social media stars all want that validation mm -hmm. and I feel like actresses kind of put a barrier up a little mm -hmm. bit they try to keep them out of the of the scenario some. Yeah. Well, because they don't have talent, so they don't deserve it. Ha-ha! That's all you ever hear. I mean, I'm friends with Kim Kardashian, so anytime I'm out, people are like, Th those Kardashians, everyone wants to shit on them. Everywhere I go, they want to shit on them. They're like, you know, they're just famous for being famous. And I'm like, so they created something new. Yeah. And so so why are you so hateful? Mm -hmm. Because they're kind people. They work really hard. Because imagine if they aren't winning because they're acting in a TV show, how much harder it is right? to create an empire and to keep it going as long as they have. I agree. And I'm jealous. Yeah. Um, I just want to be made head to toe every day, looking fabulous, dating the hottest guys, and on every cover well, of every magazine. the easiest thing. They let people into their lives to see things that are pretty hard that other people wouldn't want yeah. people to see. Like, are they willing to do that? So Exactly. We should get the credit. You know, we also saw this tease when Marilyn Monroe Mm -hmm. wins the award. By the way, shout out to the Beverly Hilton, which yeah. they still have all the award shows at. But when Marilyn, what, she was more of the starlet, mm -hmm. right? Sex symbol, mm -hmm. 
not as talented, at least in the eyes of she a... She's forging a new path at that point. Right, yeah. and you saw the reaction of her. You know, I mean, I forget that. I wish I wrote down the line. She said she's like something about her tits or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah, I have tits too. I just don't put them on display. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which I love. I'm obsessed. <laughs> but yes, that's how it is now. I But those people, those Marilyn Monroe's, the Kims, the Parises, they've all broken down those walls and they've created this new genre of Hollywood that I don't think Joan Crawford would even know what to do with. No. Betty Davis would mm-hmm. spit on it. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't know. But well, it's they such already a... were because Marilyn was right. the Kim of their day mm-hmm. in yeah. a sense. So they were seeing the, the... And they were seeing it and they were like horrified. Right. But I love... So so I go to Tony Robbins seminars all the time and I love like when he talks about from confusion or com- from like that desperate moment comes breakthrough. And so for, for Joan Crawford to not have a role and not find a script and have that kind of like what is going on? How come I can't do what I want to do? She had to pull herself up from her bootstraps, find a project for herself, show up to that guy's desk in the in the show with the with her Oscar and say, I want another one, and had to figure it out on her own, mm-hmm. and then had to team up with somebody who also needed it. Like, I wrote down in my notes as I was watching it, I'm like, oh my god, they both needed each other, and maybe that's why they hated each other so much. Yeah. I think the, the you know, their feud was simmering for a long time, because on um, one movie with Betty Davis, she f- loved Fancho Tone, and then Joan Crawford married him. So yeah. it kind of started yeah. with the boy, and then it simmered slowly, and then yes, it it all came to a head on Baby Jane. But they how needed each other and hated each other. Was Joan Crawford that she was like, "I'm going to get my worst enemy to mm. do this movie with me." Because I need her. I but just I'm not don't know. Tell were they the you know worst what? of enemies at that point, or were, was it just a tension, like a simmering? I think they always gave each other digs. Yeah, yeah. but always. you don't show up to her play unannounced, wearing a fur and eighteen carats of diamonds, and say yeah. sorry about the reviews. Yeah, sorry about the <laughs> reviews. Immediately. Yeah, like, come on, that was so painful. No, no, I mean, immediately. She... Wait. Can we back up a little bit so if we get to certain other scenes I want to cover that we got? Like, oh, did I j- jump too far? No, 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 no. When we start <laughs> Darling, talking, I am yeah, sitting yeah. in the left seat. <laughs> no, you didn't. Maria. I'm in charge. No, you didn't. It's just I'm that kidding. we're talking about we jumped up the play, but we miss had a hopper. You guys like going to Joan's house and Joan's house, jo- Joan's ha- hangover, and how, you know she's you're yeah. already discussing like the turkey neck stuff. And Mamacita. Mm-hmm. Like, Mamacita was awesome. The mm-hmm. one loyal like person there. But we see we, we're getting Joan at a point in her life. She just lost her husband, the CEO of Pepsi. But very interesting. So, so what happened was she stayed on as with her duties as Pepsi. Mm-hmm. But what... And they intonated it in this. She was no longer getting paid by Pepsi. She, she was just done. wanted to appear yeah. like she was. And so again, we're living a lie. And then even, even I forget who had said, oh, you're drinking that sugar water, which what is sugar? Fake. Right? Yeah. So it's just, so, and you keep seeing that, and the Pepsi, the Pepsi. So Joan is trying to still live this lie. I'm a young starlet. I'm still a star. I'm still a CEO of Pepsi. My husband's the richest man in the world. No. Yeah. Like, you literally. You can't pay the, your bills. The, the garters should be lucky to prune your bush. Yes. <laughs> And you You're have plastic right. on your furniture. That's why I'm saying don't, like, just... You, this is why, Murphy, you guys, when you are a great filmmaker, you don't waste one moment. And not a moment is wasted on color, how this is shot, the music, the sound, and particularly the writing, you yeah, know? Good point. So, and, when, and, and, and let's just... Uh, Hedda Hopper had so much power. Sheer House was bigger than... <laughs> Dude, I'm jumping ahead now. <laughs> but... Yes, oh, no. but you're so right about the fake theme because yes. the first quote she gave Hedda Hopper was baloney. She said, "You know, right after the passing of her husband, she's ready for new roles." Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it was like, "Forget it, not good enough. No. Maybe something else." Oh, I know. And you have to see like her relationship with Hopper is going to be crucial. Listen, as someone... these episodes go forward, you're going to see what happens. Like, mm-hmm. but. If someone told me I could gossip and make millions and live in the house like Hedda Hopper, honey, I would have been running my mouth for years. (laughs) Be running my mouth. See, and it's so funny for me because I am her now, let's say, right? Like, I'm a reporter, I'm a host of these entertainment shows, and I've always gone the opposite way. I've always thought I was their Ray Donovan. I was there to protect them and take care of them and make them shine. Yeah. And so... Well, Hedda did... Believe it or not, with certain people she did, and you'll find out with Crawford. Yeah. You know, she that you. By the way, they touched on Mommy Dearest. I don't. Did, did they call her Hedy Hedda Hopper? Remember when the writer in Mommy Dearest? Mommy Dearest, by the way, is a is a movie about Joan Crawford's motherhood. Yeah. And remember that Hedda. She, Hedda was right there, seeing all the nonsense, but still typing all the fluff for Joan. Yeah. So, Go ahead. Because you know, I mean, obviously, you know, working in news. 
you obviously have people that you kind of sort of fit, not favorite, but you go a little bit above and beyond because you know the other side of them. Mm -hmm. You know the personal side of them. So I feel like every actress or celebrity has that one reporter that they can trust and that they have that relationship to. And she cultivated that with her and that was her best that's move. right and we see this today too we see we found out maria and i are so green and so unaware of this stuff we only recently in the last two years found out maria that celebrities will give stories and info Justin, on other celebrities to, 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 to get credit to get credits and protect protection okay yeah. so Justin, just like joan did reacting. in the movie where she realized you know what i have to give her what she wants or she's gonna she's gonna play me well, well, and i'm sitting there watching it and i'm like I didn't know this world, and I've been in the world. I didn't know it until I got to E when I started to see how you know sourcing like, works. I'll give, because you, I'll give you this story, but now you're gonna owe me. You're gonna owe yeah, me yeah. one. Oh no, for sure. That's how it all works, and you can always you can always tell because a story will come out, and then a few days later, a story will come out about the other celebrity who gave the story, and it'll be in a better light. You can always tell mm. how these things. I work. just have never been the like on that end. I've always just done the interviews, but like now I see because we're such a huge news organization. Like you have to source your story three. You needed to get three sources, and you need to like I, I've known that in the journalism world. I didn't know it in the entertainment world. But it's interesting because I've been played so much in the last couple years. <laughs> the last couple <laughs> years where I started to realize and I started asking people around. I'm like, how does this work? We're no match, and and we're no match for them because. Because we don't play that game and we don't... I'd rather put the time in a creating. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, it's so interesting backwards. how it works and how 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 bad it is. Like how bad people will be to save their asses or to hurt somebody else. And so I've had people literally just trying to take me down for so long. So and crazy. I always say, I'm like, Rocky, it ain't how hard mm. you can hit. It's how hard you can get <laughs> hit and keep moving forward. And my abs are tight and people mm-hmm. can see that on any fitness cover um, but they're <laughs> yes, tight they and, and, and it's because I keep taking the hits but you watch this and you're like oh my god it was going on back then too this isn't a well, new thing okay right. so here's my public service announcement to everybody the the best that came out of this was not them picking at each other and dropping press the best that came out of it was what you said earlier was that it forced them to go hey let's make our own thing let's work together as females. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you could, you could have taken the good and gone further with that. And as this all unfolds, you'll find out, had they embraced that, this would have been an even more magnificent experience and financially would have been more amazing for yeah. them as well. But but the other thing is, when, when um, Hedda Hopper came to the house, she said, I know you don't get visitors, not even your children. So there's a slight little mommy dearest dig there. Mm-hmm. And then also a shout out to the plastic covered couches. Again, I the know. phoniness, the fake oh, facade. Sure. See, I didn't know if that was because she was starting to sell stuff off. No, and no, she no. Needed no. To oh. preserve. She no. And, she, and yeah. she came from poverty. That was the coat hangers. Yes. So she came from nothing, Maria. So everything yeah. had to be perfect. Perfect. Everything had to be perfect. And you have to respect that. Yes. You know, I never had this growing up. I love that you bring up females because I want Maria to spill the tea. Spill which tea? <laughs> On the nasty Maria, bitches Maria, who like are nasty? <laughs> you have been in this game for a while. You're at the top of your game. You have had to have a feud. Okay, listen. Coming up. Here's a, thing. Here's a plug for Conversations with Maria. <laughs> Serious XM 109 stars. That's the show oh, to you do that. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to go Maria, on it with her. Save it. Because I am coming on your show and I want to know because there has to have been one woman coming up in the game that has had it out for you. But save it because I'm a Honestly, that Honestly, it's funny because I have. And most of them have been male, oh. ironically. And I'm like, how are we even in competition? And, and, okay. and first of all, you're bigger than God, and I'm just an ant next to you. Why are you being so nasty? And actually calling people and telling them, no, don't hire her. Get rid of her. I'll get you somebody else that's Ooh. bigger. Okay, so listen. Again, Sirius oh, XM stars 109. Can't wait to tune in. I've too classy for too long. Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock. And I kind of already hinted a little earlier. There's a lot of nasty people. Bringing it back to feud, though, you bring up and something I've interesting. I've always done the right thing. Come on, I've always Maria. done the right thing, and it's so sad. I would love to break bread with these people and sit down and be like, listen, here are the emails where I actually told people I would never take your job. I would only take it if you left on your own. And I did the right thing, and you just decided to come at me like Ooh, a freight train you give and tea? try to hurt okay. my family and myself. And, what did you, and how you did you respond? nasty, cruel people. How did you respond? 
I don't know. You tell me. You just. Uh, I you, didn't do anything. You, I just worked harder. That's there. You go. Yeah. You, did, you know what you did, Maria. You yeah. did not fight back. You didn't exactly. engage the well, enemy I said that because earlier. you knew the unhealthy thing was to this turn your attention going. And it hurts. And it's hard. No. It's harder to be the classy one. You've really got to. You've got to be the one who says, "I let me find a book. Let me develop a project. Let me develop something else." You know, and keep moving forward, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard because we're all human, and mm-hmm. we want to. You know, we want to fight back. It's real tough. And um, that was the tea with Maria. <laughs> Friday um, at twelve but, o'clock. But no, but uh, why did Betty? By the way, why did Betty call her Lucille? I'm so it's her real name. That real is name. her real name. I didn't know that. And what Joan she was, Crawford's real name was Lucille Crawford. Lucer. No, no, Lucille Lucer. Oh, Lucille. And what she was, it sounded like sore. And what it. she was saying to her was. I know who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Don't Fake come again. in with your your fake, mm-hmm. your sugar water, your your plastic covered couches. <sighs> your your Lucille. I know you. I see you. And the thing is, look in reverse. That that's what Joan wanted. She wanted to be seen by her. Do you see my talent? And and when they had their nice moments, it mm-hmm. was it was that. Um, but going back to what's interesting about this is, Maria, you've had men who've been more in your way, but mm-hmm. then you you've had a female or two, mm-hmm. right? Who've done it. What was interesting this, you noticed that Joan said, no, men were never the problem. Yeah. Right? She said, no, never, never. Well, because didn't I could they control say that them. she screwed them all? Well, no. <laughs> well, they said that, but she said I could control Oh, no, Please. she knew. She used her sexual powers mm-hmm. to get yes. what she wanted in Hollywood. But, she did it on the slick, too. But then when she was older and it was gone, it was hard. I mean, that scene with Stanley Tucci where he's like, would you F them? Yes. Would you fuck them? Whatever, I'll say it. Playing Jack Warner. It was like such a wow moment because... The whole point of movie stars was, the, and, and Jack Warner, he was creating goddesses, like yeah. you said. So if you wouldn't fuck them, then they weren't worthy of mm-hmm. being there anymore. Yeah. And so when you see Joan Crawford go up to um, Alfred Molina's character, the producer and yes. the director, Bob um, Aldridge. Aldridge, and she gets up close to him and he pushes her back. Yeah. It's like, no, you're no longer... That low point, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, it was that's rock bottom. That is rock bottom, right? And so, what's me what means is now I'm gonna have to dig deeper into Mm -hmm. my arsenal to get what I want, which is what's gonna propel this whole series. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure, for sure. She used to rely on her outward beauty, and now she has to and shout out to the casting on this Alfred Molina. Oh, I love him, phenomenal playing Robert Aldridge. Everybody was Stanley Tucci, Mm -hmm. Stanley Tucci playing Jack Warner. And if you know Warner Brothers, he went over the history, which was great, Mm -hmm. yeah, between. Them. You but, know, I I also loved Stanley Tucci in that scene playing Jack Warner when he was like, I they think I worked for them, um, and always questioning the material I gave them, and just such aggression towards females. Well, and she sued, Pepe Davis sued, <clears throat> and, and it was that lawsuit that created the cracks in the, yeah. in the old studio foundation, which is well, yeah. used to be like, we own you, you're under contract. She ruined yeah. contracts, studio contracts, he yeah. said, which I'd love to go back and really study now to see what exactly went on there, because... Because for when you think of back then, group? it was yeah, like, she, I have a three-picture deal with Universal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, they Those don't really it. happen like anymore, do they? No, Eddie Murphy had the last one with Disney. Mm-hmm. He had that $275 million contract. Or like a Johnny Depp probably did for Pirates, where he had like a three-picture deal It's or a three-picture deal, but it's not... A like specific. Didn't they used to basically show up like it was like you were going to the office and that's how you were cast that yeah. day? There was yes. like a studio system and you worked for that company. Yes. And they were under contract. So do you know much tried, about the lawsuit? Yeah, she tried to break her contract. She wanted better roles. She wanted you know, she wanted to be in control of her career and she took off to London and she lost the lawsuit and it but it was the start of the crack. Yeah. Of, and that's why she went to and plays. He was so resentful. Yeah, well, yeah, the, well, the roles weren't there, and then you know who's going to give her a role? She eventually did get really great roles balled. after that. Yeah. Win two Oscars. She did. She came back and she did great. So she was right. Yeah, but she, but she started it. She started the. Yeah, she upset fissure. the uh, mm-hmm. that the old roost. studio yeah. system, which mm-hmm. needed to be you know brought down. Yeah, but was amazing. Although, but it needed to be brought down. So, can we talk about who Baby Jane was? Do you guys know who Baby Jane was? Baby Jane Hudson. Yeah. Like actually, who she was based on? No. Do you know? No, her? no. Kev. Yes, I do. Say it. Baby Rosemary. Mm-hmm. Baby Rosemary. So Rosemary from the Dick Van Dyke Show was in vaudeville. Baby Rosemary. Now her life didn't go cool, on. Right? Rosemary yeah. actually went on to become a talented comedian and working and whatever. But at the core, she was this character in vaudeville. Yeah. Remember, there's no Disney child mm-hmm. star, right? Back in the 
20s or whatever it was, 1917. Um, so that's what it was. Vaudeville. And we crazy. knew Rosemary. So Rosemary was on the Dick Van Dyke show. We've spent many times. I remember one Fourth of July, we had rescued a white German Shepherd. She's like, get him out of here. Like, she was so, <laughs> why are you being so nice to him? You know what's like, so she interesting, was so curmudgeon Here's what's interesting, Maria. She's, now that you mention it, she looked like the Betty Davis has baby Jane today. Don't do yes. it. Yeah, she yes. had like the still had the bow. She would wear and the, the bow and the hair still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't and do it. Yeah, she Did was. she try to perform for you? No, no. No, but she wasn't as she, she just was more angry. <laughs> she does this. She would like scratching her, herself. Scratch herself. And she was just so rough. She's angry, but but smart. No, she wasn't she, her feet and were still. And you didn't want to be in a restaurant with her boy. Oh, she would say nasty things to people. Oh my god. Wait, yeah, I don't want to slander her. That's not nice. Well, but she's rough. No, but she's like from that from that era. She, yeah. but, she but, sounds but, like baby Jane. Yeah. But you know what? She actually was more like Betty Davis artistically because Rosemary, so I'll say something very nice about her, was still super talented, super wit witty, yeah. and loved the art. And yeah. loved comedy, but like smart comedy. Dick Van Dyke is the granddaddy of all sitcoms, you know, yeah. for sitcom comedies, I mean. Um, so anyway. So anyway, I wanted you guys for for your knowledge to know who that was based on. Cause That's crazy. It's so it's cool. It's crazy that yeah. you knew her. Yeah. Um, I also liked when Joan and the, and when, when Joan Crawford and Betty Davis and the show and Feud get together for their contract signing. That was such an amazing oh. scene. So so Joan was like, it's just so great. I'm used to playing like the mean bitch, and now Betty can do that. Mm. And it was like, like you said earlier, subtle, subtle shade. It's all about, it's like samurai shade. Yeah. You don't know <laughs> when the sword hits you right away. You just see the blood, and then you go down. It's all about that subtle shade. You have to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's crazy is I didn't know, but the photographer lets you in on um, the fact that whoever sits in the left seat has top billing. You know why? Why? Oh, Marie, I'm going to give you the biggest. Oh, I'm about to turn you up. Tell me. So if you look at a photo, if you take a photo and the person on the left always names always first. So if you sit on the left, it's going to be Maria Menounos, Justin Sylvester, and crew. If I go in front of you, my name goes first. So no way. any story will start with my name first because my I, my picture is before yours. Oh my god, I didn't know that. So anytime you're taking a group photo, you always want to get <laughs> Shut on the up! left. Yes, you always want to get on the left. How do you know that? If it's gonna be in the magazine, you always want to be the first one. Oh my god, I'm gonna Joan Crawford everybody, everybody. just for fun. When people are like, I want to be in the middle, I'm like, Yeah, girl, get in the middle. I'll be on the left. <laughs> You just blew my mind. Because then people are like, oh my God, he knows these people. But they also read your name first and they can't get away from your name. They're not going to say, oh, it's, you know, Kim Kardashian and crew. It's going to be Justin Sylvester, da da da, Kim Kardashian, da da da. Oh my. Move the Pepsi right God. to the left, left yes. side so of the table. That really so happened, though. She really went behind her. How do we know this? Because we have videos of read it, it or you read it. So so in the scene, basically, the you know, Betty and Joan walk over to the table and Betty sits in the left seat and Joan's just like, oh no. So she like comes over and hovers over her on the <laughs> left to take the photo. And you know what? I kind of understand because she did put this together. She made all of this happen. Yeah. And you know, whether it was arranged or not ahead of time for Betty to sit in that seat, but what she did is she took an eye to her contract. And she, and she saw, saw that she makes $600 more a week in expenses and flips out. They didn't yes. cover it here, but these women uh, deferred their salaries. They have ownership in the movie, and that will come probably, hopefully, they'll, they'll mention it later. Mm-hmm. But they they only made incidentals. But you know what I love too is um, money. So she flips out and she's like, "It's about respect. It's not about the money." And when she goes to her dressing room, Joan Crawford sees that it's like small and it's dirty, and she's like, "Let's get to work." Right? It's not about going and complaining. They were still very. She was self-made and still like, okay, we got to clean this. We got to make this nice for ourselves. And I, I really respected that. Yeah, but you know, the minute when they said day one, I was like, you know. It's going to be lit. Because on day one, you kind of sort of make the mark as a matriarch, uh, as a queen bee of that set. Yeah. And if you notice, you know, Betty Davis kind of goes in Joan Crawford's room, throws her a compliment, and on the way out, it's like, please lose that lipstick and the shoulder pads. That was Joan Crawford's Mm -hmm. signature, like, beauty moments. Mm -hmm. She always wore that. And for her to throw that at her at the last minute, right? But she did it out of 
like real genuine genuineness for the she art do oh, you it don't for think shade. so never oh, no, no. that was some so. shade I don't, I don't, I don't agree I think that point. Betty was an artist and I think she knew what was right for that film and she was like take that shit off and allow yourself to be vulnerable and that's how you're gonna win yeah. that's how you're gonna get I, to be me I don't think she got, and get the respect that's why I disagree I think I, I don't think Betty was like I'm gonna trump you Joan I think Betty no. was like I'm gonna make the most amazing effing film I'm gonna crush this film and this film's gonna be amazing Amazing, and off we're gonna go. Yeah, I think, and I think Joan was more obsessed with Betty. But what happens is, as I, th- I think, I mean, it's, it's my opinion, is as Joan digs away and, and and makes it about them. Yeah, here's the thing: with pe- more successful people will have an eye on a big picture. Yeah, it's the less successful people who go no. I'm gonna have my eye on the smaller picture. I'm gonna yeah. fight these stupid smaller battles. And I feel like Betty, even from later interviews, it just seems like she was a smarter woman. And she they both love the art, but she was smarter about the art. Yeah. And I think she was like, I, re- I agree with Maria. I think it was like, no, that's not the character. You've been a recluse in the... And maybe she had to give her the compliment to drop her guard to get her to understand. But I, I don't think it was about hurting her feelings. No. I really think it was about, this is the character. Okay, I but get that. Have, but you, I think, you remember the line... People don't go to see Joan. They go, people go to a Joan Crawford movie to see Joan Crawford. That's the line that she said because she thought she was the movie. And Betty Davis was an artist and did the craft. But Joan Crawford really believed in her mind that people went to see a movie. Because and she, she was Joan. right. And yes. she was right. But what yes. took you to Egypt won't get you to the promised okay, land. Wait, and she needed to become something different in this movie for it to succeed. And Betty's like, listen, I'm putting my money right. on you and I. And I'm not going to go down because you're a clown and you want to wear lipstick and look gorgeous with your false lashes yeah. and your shoulder pads and your, your false So, so what Maria and I are saying is we think that that uh, was a genuine was moment. Genuine yes. of like th- a genuine critique. And you think it was more to? to, to I think to there was a little shade. I think, I think there was a, a little point. shade. I think you have a point. Yeah, that yeah. It's yes, no, I would say this frustration. Yeah. It's a tiny bit of shade. It stung Joan Crawford because that was the essence of who she was. Yes. the yes. shoulder pads and the lipstick. So it stung, but I think Betty's intention was to make it a better, make it realistic. I think dark. we're all right because here's the thing in the in the show feud, it comes off as shade because it's what she never was. Betty was never the beautiful icon, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it comes off as shade like that. And I'm sure there's a little of that. Essence in there, but at the same time, I see Betty as an auteur who is just like, "Don't screw this up for us because your vanity is just too powerful." And I think, and I think a little shade comes from the impatience of like, "Really, at sixty, come on!" Mm -hmm. And she makes the point: this is not a Joan Crawford picture. This is a Joan and Betty picture. Yeah, this is different, and we're going to take this a different way. I, my favorite moment. I'm sorry if I'm skipping ahead. No, my favorite moment. I know what you're going to say. Whole show is when she puts on that makeup Mm -hmm. and she gets into that character and she gets the spotlight before they even say action. She commands the set on a dress rehearsal. Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. It well, was well, we'd already mm-hmm. seen. We'd already had a, a few takes from Joan. Joan. Yeah. And it was beautiful, and she nailed it. And Alfred Molina, uh, Robert Aldrich is like, great job, beautiful one take. We got mm-hmm. it. And you and I felt so happy for Joan Crawford in that moment. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, I, I, I am can, I really it, okay? Yeah, I, really I can good? still do this. Uh, you know, and it was nice. <clears> but then, yeah. <laughs> but then here's what it came. is. And what here's about, what guys, it is. What about, what about, it's. It's a lesson in commitment. So Betty Davis was like, and this is where the competition makes everyone rise, right? So she goes into the makeup room and she's like, oh, here we go. I am going to crush this. Good competitors. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm going to be everything you won't be. I'm going to let myself look like shit. I'm going to take it to every other level and show you how... I can well, I can I can be okay with this because this is how you win. Yeah. Commitment. Well the thing is good competitors rise, poor competitors crumble. Yeah. And and I don't and they usually have to go to other tactics. You, we've seen that, mm-hmm. Maria, right? Oh. Where it's oh, like rather than yes. like let me raise my game higher, Ooh. it's it's no <laughs> give me that let me, <laughs> let me trip you up, let me ruin your game mm-hmm. yeah. because they're not competitors. And they yeah. don't let have me the talent. Your and then, mm-hmm. Yeah, let me ruin you. So um, but that but was Betty's we, peacock moment. But, she but came as out, she's getting ready, she yes. gets the standing ovation, and Jones just deflated again. So and she gets the standing listen, ovation for just walking out. So yeah. we so we keep talking about the contrast between these two, but let's even talk about contrast of lifestyles, you guys. 
you you go to that big giant house of Jones. It's very bright. It's again plastic, fake, all of it, and empty. But then you go to uh, uh, Betty's country house, dark. Right, but she always smaller. liked the lights dim. Remember, our friend told us when you would have to have her if you invited no, 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 Betty no, no, to your no. house. No, that's not Betty. Davis. It was Betty. No, no, honey, it was uh, it was um, uh, May, May West. Oh, May West. But anyway, right. but she mm-hmm. also, May West needed the lights. But she all liked dim it dark. She over. did like it darker. First of all, she knew lighting better than anybody, so she would know to have the lights be dim, like the older actresses know. But also, she was a darker person, a darker soul, yeah. more conflicted. But again, the similarities alone. Right, um, n- no relationship. You made the point about her divorce, have yeah. sex, sign a divorce. So Hollywood, so Hollywood, right? But you know, I think when you're that powerful of a woman, it's hard to find someone Very who hard. can put up with that. Yeah. I think that's why J Lo, why Mariah, and why, why all those is women, God. yeah, and why all those women date people on their payroll and that are younger because they can put up with the diva. It's hard to find a man who can sit back seat absolutely to mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Right. And right. back then when you were one of twenty instead of one of two thousand now, mm-hmm. it must have been out of control. No, I, well, I, when I, she I, was in that scene, go as far as you can go. <laughs> but when she was in that scene with the guy, she was like, I needed the wife. Mm-hmm. And she did, and yeah. she did but because she, she did. was the star. That's right, right. and the breadwinner and she the smart the one yeah. and everything. But I'd like to introduce you all you to know? my wife. Oh, <laughs> you're the but greatest wife ever. I'm a great wife. I say it all the time. I'm a great corporate wife. I'm amazing. I want to send everyone to wife school. Uh, uh, sure. Nobody does it better. You're than me. the fauxest wife but, of them all. But, but again, you're a real wife, but you're you're. You're the husband too, boo. What I need to be. You're unique. But, you, but look at the letter from the daughter. Uh, I'm beating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to be here, mom. So, so we have mommy dearest on the other end, but we also have a daughter that's going to go on to write a book, my mother's keeper, mm-hmm. and yeah. going to slam her mother too. And that's mm-hmm. why they say they, you guys are so much alike. They were, and yeah. and, and you see that. And when John's I also, I also that. had a shout out to the young girl who starred in Mad Men. Playing mm-hmm. yeah. Kira, Kira Shipley, right? Ship- She's gonna yeah. be a great actress, and you see, she's so disconnected from the mother, mm-hmm. right? And just even the mother, like I'm like, you can see the daughter wasn't the type to be. Oh no, mom, use this, use that. She's so like, you're arms- gonna do this, yeah. yeah. No, Are you really doing this? And I knew people who knew the daughter and knew um, a Jones daughter, and they weren't all they cra- were cracked up to be. They played like they were the innocent, sweet yeah. kids who were abused, and I had heard that they were actually spoiled brats, too. Oh, you know Christina was getting sure. into some shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, Christina, come on. Like, the, you daughter know, of, the daughter of Joe Crawford. Crawford. Yeah. You know what's really funny, and I think Betty Davis is like this, and I, when I worked as a PA, I worked for this actress on this movie set, and the first day they said, when she leaves that dressing room, you don't call her by her name. She's in character until they until it's a wrap you Ooh. call her by her character that's great it's an artist's choice and she did it for the four months that we were on set wow no one called her outside of her character not even when they said cut if she was not in her dressing room you called her by her character's name well that was like Jared Leto on Suicide Squad I heard that he was in character the entire time nobody could talk to him he was just like Mike Myers so and Austin Powers yeah. same thing He's he whatever the character is that's what it is he's in the yeah. whole time. that's crazy I feel like Mike Myers is kind of is Austin Powers <laughs> like I feel well, like that well, no, but remember, he's what also doing saying? the Dr. Evil <laughs> yeah yeah and then Big Bass <laughs> and, and, uh, and there's people who contend that one of the reasons why um, Heath Ledger yeah, uh, mm-hmm. perished was because he got so deep in that yeah. character he mm-hmm. couldn't. Yeah, Charlize from it. talks about it. Charlize Theron with Monster took her two years to get out of that. I mean, her playing Eileen Warners was the most unbelievable the performance. Female performance, I think. Oh my 100. god! Because yeah. the transformation that she had to make and the the role that she had to take on and that. That awful person. I mean, I, my hair raises the on bowl, my body. Even her yeah. knees were, were yeah. That I don't bad know if anyone's beaten that ever. Walk. Oh no, for sure. But yeah. let's be honest. She showed up at that Oscars in that Dior gown and came through. <laughs> that that the next fall. Right. Yeah, like she killed it. Yeah, she made right. up for it. She made up for it. <laughs> it takes. A, I don't know how actors do it. It takes a strong mind. I, you know, to be able to do go in and out of that. I couldn't do it. I, I don't think I could. Terrifying do that. to think. To become that person, especially who she was, serial so killer. Awful, yeah. yeah. Wait, not a play on that. Now imagine that Joan Crawford was playing a person her entire life. Oh right. Like she was playing this Hollywood starlet behind that facade 
twenty four seven. Her house was a set mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. Yes, oh you're God. right. Just imagine. Down, she's really right. Lucia Lasur, who lives in the back of a laundry with her mom. Right. Can we talk laundry? about her house? First of all, I was really obsessed with all the phones, the antique phones Aww. in this. I don't know why, but it made <laughs> me great. want. I'm going to get one for my home office. I'm going to have one of those old vintage phones, and I'm going to be so fab on my couch, like calling up whoever, and <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I'm not going to get a brain tumor though. because of it. Right. <laughs> I want to redo our backyard, phones. honest no, to God, because it looks. It looks so fab. But again, I, I shouldn't because it was a foe. Even her fan was, wasn't was really... She had a fan who was kind of working there. But it was all set up for the day. Yes, I'll be... You, oh, why did Alpha Melina go upstairs? It was, it was that because in the old days she'd be upstairs and would sleep with the and director? And would sleep with the directors. Oh my God, no yes. way! You, I and, thought you caught it. And yeah, she goes, no, 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 not today. No! And Mama yes. goes, no, backyard. Yes. And so she's... Oh, so do you think it was her conceding... Her age, she can't bed the guy, or is because no, on this one, I'm really serious. I think this- it was because she had gotten older, but her trademark was she would you would come into the boudoir and she would be lotioning herself and getting ready for bed or getting up oh and you know, getting herself all pretty. <laughs> but I think she had conceded to I want to be serious. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is serious, and I have someone for you. So that was her first step into realizing. <sighs> She ain't that bitch anymore. Right. right. But she still had to be fabulous. She still had to be in a bathing suit with a turban. And she, she really did have fans who would like come to her house and like open her mail for her and Honey, probably not, paint her cabana. And not to steal your shout out moment, shout out to Jessica Lang's legs. Right. Hey God bless. Mama. God bless her. She Whoa. Um and speaking of their relationship with the fans, Joan Crawford. I'll tell you Joan Crawford's story. So Anita Page who was the last silent film star who died a couple of years ago, um, they had worked together in Our Dancing Daughters, uh-huh. I believe. It was not Broadway who Melodies. Joan or, and her? That was her first big movie. Right, Joan, right. So Joan worked oh. at 19 with 19-year-old Anita Page. In fact, a friend of ours who was Anita's caretaker has a famous photo of them as teenagers oh. working together. And I, I, said, I said to my friend, when was the last time Anita Page talked to Joan? And she said, right before Joan died, she called. She was calling uh, Anita Page obsessively, obsessively. You know, she wasn't able to get through. And then finally, when she Joan got through, was calling Anita. Yes, she's like, oh, "Darling, you know what?" And this how Anita would talk. You know, she she used to wear the long gloves. We babysat for her a couple oh times. Now yeah. babysat, like, how do you say it? We, we did. We babysat. We Anita sat. Her. We yeah. caretake Aww. sat. You lady sat. And yeah. she That's and, so sweet. and because she still lived in. She was at Sunset Boulevard. I mean, with with. Even when um, Glenn Close did Sunset Boulevard here in L.A., she went and sat with Anita for a oh day as well God. and said, oh, my God. And Anita this would is only Nora have Desmond. her movies ro- rolling. They would play <gasps> repeat in her room. A VHS tape would hold about six films, and they would press play in the morning, and then and then eject, and the new tape would go in, and then she'd fall asleep, and the next day, same thing. It's and like the, a movie the, in itself. Can it I die like that? It was. And, and her handlers um, that took care of her... It, they even made the house look like the 20s. I mean, everything was about keeping up yeah. the that appearance. And, that and so time. when Glenn Close visited with her, she said, oh my God, this is all insane. Like, this, is, she's Nora Desmond. When Joan called her, it was about a fan who had sent a picture of Joan and Anita on the set of... Um, Dancing Daughters? Yes. And she just so badly want, wanted to get Anita's autograph for the fan. Oh wow! And Aww. and what happens is, and you see this in Sunset Boulevard, the one thing that these incredibly narcissistic, crazy old stars, the one thing that they cherish and are actually very decent about, even Prince, it's like they're not my fans; they're my friends. Yeah, they love their fans, mm-hmm. and they'll go to such lengths to take care of them. I think even in Sunset Boulevard, doesn't she says something like, "At the end of the day, it's just us and those little eyes yeah. in the theater," and so. I, the fans coming to the house like they because they had no relationships with their children yeah. the mm-hmm. the men were just it was there for sex or money the studios was just money yeah. so the only kind of human relationship they had were their fans and they would do anything oh for sure anything for even sure. Michael Jackson would do anything for his fans well because anything. their life is about adoration and mm-hmm. their life is about let me perform for you to make you love me right. and that's how mm-hmm. I feel love oh for sure right. so it's, anyway. and it wasn't easy to get a fan back then you know now you can like you can mm. go to instagram show <laughs> ass cheek yeah. or 
a nip slip and then you'll get ten thousand likes. That's instant adoration. Back then you had to put out a movie, you had to be you know, on stage, you had to be in the limelight to have that kind of adoration and get those accolades and those hand claps. Right. Yeah. But you're right. It's, it was sweet of them to be so kind to their fans, but they were also doing it because that was the only thing that filled them. Well, look at yeah. when you see Joan Crawford in that scene with um, with her director, and she's like, really? I was good? Yeah. I mean, they're all still children, in a sense, wanting mm-hmm. mommy yes. and daddy's yes. approval, oh. and they need it. And that's why acting is such a tough world to live in, and right? Jo- because you're, always, you're never on solid ground unless someone tells you you are. And yeah. Betty was more evolved. And didn't need that as much. She mm-hmm. was like, "No, I know I'm amazing. Yeah, yeah. And you, you guys are idiots for not putting me in more mm-hmm. movies because I am that. Ma- in fact, your your writers and directors are such idiots. You don't even come up with good stuff. And she took a ad, the famous. And mm-hmm. you can yeah, speak to this, right? Yeah. She took out an ad. It was a yeah, week, it was bef- like a couple weeks before all this. Starred in, you know. St- 30 films, has been on Broadway, divorcee, looking for work. And she said later it was a joke, but it probably wasn't. I don't think it was. No. Uh-uh. such balls, and yeah. I love that about her. That's why I want to study her deeper. Mm. You know, I wanted to ask you guys, I loved the scene when they were screening the... Um, what do you call them? The the dailies. Oh, the oh, yeah. dailies. Okay. Which, by the way, so this is the, if you don't know what dailies are, uh, it's when uh, the, the director and the crew will watch the, the first prints of the film, the takes, the first, the takes, and most directors, it's it's a nightmare to watch with actors unless you get the actor like a Betty, who is so present for the big picture. You get with that actor who goes, oh wow, I get it. Amen. We need this shot. We need this close yeah. up. We when it's about vanity, but it's when like... it be- you get most actors and it's vanity, it's oh my god, it's just why this? Yeah, why yeah. that? Oh no, stop! So you see Joan Crawford in the scene. She's seated in there with Betty Davis. They're a couple rows away from each other. And Joan's like, do you think the lighting is too harsh? Like She's just like so upset about how she looks. And then she gets up and she's so emotional and she leaves because she can't handle it. She can't watch it. When you cut to Betty, she's crying. So my question to you guys was, as her tears are dropping, are they tears of joy because she's back and she is appreciating her performance? Or is it because she's lost in her performance? She had a breakthrough. Yeah. And she was loving that moment. Oh, I thought because the moment she watched was when um, Baby Jane looked in the mirror and had the realization like that I'm not who I was before. And Betty was watching it with that's the same realization. That's not who that's I'm not I who I, oh I I'm not who I was before. Yes. Oh my god! I think, it, no, I think it was tears of pain. Yeah. I don't love that. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. Then like, her youth is gone. Her, and her acting was so good. She became a whole other character. So now she's. It's like all of us watching. We were all watching. You know, Betty Davis. Do you know what I mean? She was watching Jane Doe do this character, and the character is realizing, "Oh my God, I'm an old hag. I'm not." Young little baby so Jane. Right. Yeah, I'm not young Betty, yeah. and she, she in her heart, like anymore. I'm not young Betty Davis. <gasps> that is what I am. Oh. So, I they, so again, so again, yeah. the similarities because yes. they're both having yeah. the same but moment. Joan, it seems like has lost her beauty, and Betty cares about having lost her power. She can't call on scripts anymore and just do what she wants. Yeah, she has lost her power. But well, she's also that's admitted what was important to both of them. Yeah, she, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. she also admitted in later interviews that we were doing research how much she hated aging. Mm, yeah, she was Betty like, Davis. I, I hate it, and I, for her, it wasn't looks. It's I think it was right. just slowing down and the decay. I'm like, I don't know if anybody likes aging. Like, no. I, no. but I kind of, I, I, I kind of do. I kind of like it Let's now. Like now better. that I've seen yeah, what it's thanks, like, guys, it's easy for you guys. Like they say in the show, you know, <laughs> guys mature and get more because I've dapper to, and women. I've told, it's like the end of a line. Well, I've told no you one looks at you again. No one makes you feel unless, good or special unless, anymore. Unless, unless you have unless, power. I've said to Maria many times and all the other female stars that I work with and help coach, I'm like, listen, bring Oprah in the room. Oh, she's still getting everyone's head to turn. Everyone's still rushing to her. Bring Ellen in the room. Oh, yeah. Same thing. So you have to get smart and stop going with like, oh, I'm going to shake my tits or my ass or flutter my eyelashes. Get freaking smart and transform beauty to power. Yeah, and how do you do that? You go get a book and you make your own movie. It's just that they, the, tr- the the train came off the tracks for Joan, you know, with this. But she, the instinct was right. Yeah, she yeah. just did it a little late. Yeah, so yes. she wasn't able to have it hand in hand. No, she. I think she did it the perfect time. As you're going to find out, this movie is just amazing. Whatever. It's just that she let all the stupid minutia, the insecurities, mm-hmm. uh, and rather than embrace it. 
right? Yeah. It, could, it was as big as it was. It could have been way bigger for both of them Yeah. had they embraced it and not gotten into the stupid cat fight in the minutia. Do you notice, did you notice that um, when she goes, you know, oh, I'm just nervous. I haven't done a picture. And she goes, three years. <laughs> yeah. I know actors that didn't do movies for decades. Robert Downey Jr. took a huge yeah. break right. and then came back and mm-hmm. killed the game. Yeah. But back then, you were making a picture every six months yeah. or one a year. Right. And if you, you waited three years, you were old. We also, well, we especially also, at that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we it's also, funny that she knew that stat right away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, here's, uh-huh. a, here's what's interesting. So now we know Betty... You're, you've got an eye on Joan, too. So let's not mm-hmm. play that you're so into exactly. your art and you're so amazing that you're not watching anyone no. else. But no. See, number one, you have an eye on her. Number two, a couple of things to reference. Um, move, before television, you guys, people went to the movies six or seven times a week. That's oh, where wow. you got your news. Yes. So when TV came, it it killed didn't kill, obviously, because it survived. It seriously damaged the movie business yeah. and brought it more into where it is today, where it was a weekend thing. But it used to be every day you went to the movies. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Really? So now, every yes, day? Every day, Maria. Where would you get your news? Where would you get your, you know what I mean? You they had the radio. They used to China, right? What's that? They that's crazy. They used to China sets. Like, you, Everything. Well, that's the like old newsreels that would play. That's how you got the, your national oh, news. Ah. Like so, so the thing is, so now we're at a place this, that, that not only is television, television like late 50s really started to come alive. Now it's early 60s, so it's really becoming part of life. Okay, Twilight Zone, we have some references here. So, it so hurt the the movie business, you know, to that point. Now, you're also dealing with the fact that Joan was notorious for the fact that where Anita Page, who we mentioned earlier, was an old an old lady at 33 years old or 32, whatever she was, or 29 even, whatever she was in 1933 and retired. She was an old maid. Joan kept going. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why that three years was significant because Joan kept making films. Now, shout out to Kathy Bates, who plays Bondell, jo- Joan yeah. Bondell, mm-hmm. the, the actress. She says that, you know, Joan, she je- Joanie, she just kept on going through the decades, and she did. Yeah. And for some reason, she was still in her 40s at a time where it was really like 32, 33, you were put to pasture. Yeah. And people think it's bad now. It's nothing, nothing like it was That's then. That's crazy. You were over at 29, 30, go to Anita Page's career, and you will see the example yeah. uh, is in an Oscar film and done. And so, but somehow, Joan Crawford goes, no way. She plugs on and plugs on and plugs on, still getting leading roles, still playing sexy, still. So that's why it was a big deal. Then she meets her Prince Charming, and he loved, that man loved her so much. Pepsi man? The CEO of Pepsi. (laughs) And she's like, I'm done. I can breathe. He dies tragically and suddenly, and and, and now she's losing her money, whatever, and she's bored. So that's why. Maybe that's why she didn't have to work, and that's why she took that break. That's why. Well, she mm-hmm. thought, I, I'm going to retire champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm retired champion. Oh, for sure. I'm out. I'm done. I'm with, you know. But I'm surprised people lived past 33 in that time, because there were <laughs> smoking, smoking cigarettes. I mean. I'm like, damn, y'all are taking down a pack of cigarettes yeah. an hour. They didn't want to smoke, though. Like, it looks so like. <laughs> so well, that's, that's by the way, that's why they had to cut it all back, you guys, in the 70s, because it was make, it was so glamorous. Do you know why they came up with smoking in movies? It was to give the actor yeah. something to do. Business. Business. You know, because blog, like, what do I do? Where do I actually, put my hands? Actually, it's funny. Yeah. When we were so watching Whatever so, Happened yeah. to Baby Jane Friday night, Emmanuel Shrieky actually said, she goes, it was so amazing to watch this because if you see the actors and you're watching them, they always had business. And it was such a such a, it was a noticeable your, thing for business. her. Yeah. That's what oh, they is say. that the term? Yeah. Okay. That's the term. Business. What's your business? Yeah, what's and your business? It's, yeah. I'm going gonna, gonna to answer a phone. I'm going to polish a desk. I'm going to itch my nose. If you itch your nose, you're lying. But... But anyway, that's why. And but it also then made America smoke so much more. And that's why, like, it's a miracle Olivia is a hundred. But she was a little more pure in, in her lifestyle. Yeah. And that's why. But that's why all of them disintegrated. And I think that, and this is just my opinion, the reason that they even would make it to eighty-one, like Betty did, is because they're so incredibly narcissistic and out of fucks to give. Yeah. <laughs> and that's usually what kills you. That stress, that gives yeah. you cancer and heart attack. Most of the so eventually it's just the, like Sinatra, his mind got pickled. The drinking and the smoking will get you at some point. It's gonna get the best of everybody. Yeah. But where it would get you and I at thirty eight or forty five or fifty, yeah. They could make it to like eighty. I mean the Rolling Stones are still going. Still going. <laughs> Nick Jagger well, well, looks remember, like- but he stopped at eighty in nineteen eighty four. He stopped and got uh, clean. He did. 
uh, he jogs and he does things. The other ones, I don't know, just deal with. But again, it's that not caring and everything being done for you. Yeah. The regular guy or girl is going to work every day as a family and then is doing that. No, it doesn't work. Anyway. Unbelievable. Well, I, uh, I think that the only other thing I wanted to add was how interesting that the Betty and Joan kind of competition and and that um, that differing kind of point of view still lives right like you see the artistic snotty girls who are so mean to the, like the other girls in this business who um, you know just kind of play versions of themselves and they're huge huge blockbuster stars and then the auteurs are just like Mm-hmm. We don't belong with us. Like you still see that today, which is of so course. crazy. Human nature. Yeah. The, you know, the, the other thing is, most of the old actresses know, and and actors too. And you see it. You do see this today too. To be cool with the crew. So she, that's yeah. why all the gifts. No, no, no. She didn't do it for that. She didn't want to be cool. She wanted to be the bitch in charge. And she lit. was like, "This no. is my movie. No. I no. am the no. I'm the star. No. I'm the producer. No. I'm the reason you're all here. And I'm gonna walk in and I no. own all of you." No, no, yes. Maria. It was about getting the best lighting. Yes, the best attention. People still do it today. I don't want to name drop, but I know. Yes, still, that's the first rule. Amen. Is make so so the number number one of your fans. The only thing that's number two usually is I'm the cool one with the crew because they're going to go the extra mile for lighting, the extra mile for camera, the extra really? mile. Really? She was known for doing Amen. that, giving gifts, but I think on this one in particular, no, crew, there was an was element of that because then Betty the showed her up. And I Betty, think and she Betty wanted, no, because I think she wanted everybody to know, I put this together. Right. I'm the one who's in charge. I'm the one who should be clapping yes, to I a walk degree. onto the yes. Listen, to a degree and to get the attention and all that, but no, Maria, the business was you get in with the crew that's how you win Rome. Mm-hmm. Then you'll get the extra take. You'll get the the, the, lighting, the best light angles. That how that's how it you do it. Works. So smart, and it still works that way today. Oh, for sure. So the smart ones. I, know like, I am always nice with the crew because they're the only ones who are nice to me. <laughs> well, and, oh no! Did I just say that loud? No. What was your first job? Uh, what in filmmaking? What was your first job? Uh, crew. Yeah, yeah. Say, crew. That's right. So yeah. you know, making sandwiches and, <laughs> and, and and taking out garbage and and it's, it's different. So you have a different. Right. And yeah. your parents were both blue collar. And you're not putting on a fake facade. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to pretend I'm this. No, I'm Maria Menounos. This is who I am. So those are your people. Yeah. They're more like you, Maria. No, for yeah. sure. You, one of the things you hate about acting is I'm sitting in my trailer, get high, and play video games all day. I'd go crazy. Yeah. Right? All well, that downtime. I don't Every do time you've had. Those, but yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So all the downtime you've had, what do you do? Maria goes well, no, out and yeah. sits by the monitor and learns. And, and then literally on the biggest movies, some of the big. Oh, Fantastic Four, whatever. Like Maria's there. Working with the crew, yeah. helping clean up. Like, what can I do? I'm free. Yeah, I'm and, I, and I, Beth Bears, two broke girls. When she worked on my film, same thing, making sandwiches, helping people. Like, so that's why that was in. the only thing I didn't like about acting. You're right. Is just the mm. the downtime in between, and yeah. I don't want to. I can't. I can't not be moving and doing stuff. But that's why I don't think you're a pure actor. I think yeah. you can do it, and and you know, but but like a like. Um, God, who's the old, uh, not Elliot Gould, who's the, Michael Caine. The reason Michael Caine won't talk to a lot of people is he goes back, he's saving he's his energy. He's got to preserve. Mm-hmm. He's saving that energy. I'm saving it, I'm saving it, I'm saving it. Boom, come out, do my scene, go back, recharge, yeah. save it. So, anyway, so that's what was, I wanted to say, the way she came out. Now, now Betty also, in later interviews, crew, the crew, the crew, loved the crew because they know the crew's making the magic happen for them and she knew the same thing so wait so crazy thing to add to this is so when Betty wrote her book right this and that was that what it was called this and that Mm -hmm. Um, she did this publicity tour and every time she made sure she thanked and gave such enormous credit to her assistant and then Kevin reminded me I didn't remember this and maybe I I didn't even ever know her assistant asked to be my assistant at one point when I was first starting out I I was taking applications and I go and I go why do I know that name and I did research it was Betty's assistant (laughs) so Betty left I I remember when Betty was on doing her last tour and and the last bit of press she was getting is she was throwing everything, all the love she could at this assistant. And she was saying, I just wish I I, I had more power in Hollywood like I used to so I could connect with more people yeah. or before I die. And that was like her passion. And part of it was to stick it to the daughter, you know, yeah. who basically writes this book about her and abandons her. And, you know, but I speaking of this, this assistant, uh, 
she knows where all the bodies are buried. We have to get her in here, you guys. She will we know have to. because yeah. she spent say. every day, like for I think for for what, it's eight or nine years with Betty, and Betty told her everything. So yeah. I'm sure. So if we can get her in here to do these in the future so weeks, cool. we will have such That'd a. I would have hired her just for the story. <laughs> right? Just j- you can't. Well, I was like 22. You can't have somebody. I would never be able to tell right. someone what to do. That no, was Maria older. Didn't even know. <laughs> this maybe, but, Maria didn't know. Didn't even no, come I didn't know. But there me. were other people that were older that I just didn't feel comfortable. I'm like right. I don't know yeah. how I would be like right. delegating. Go do things. this. It's, go do that. But you remember um, also in this day and age. In that era, the system was always the one that they trusted the most, the Mamacita. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Um, what's her name had... Um, it's still like that. What was the lady's name who had... Um, Marilyn Monroe had Jane. Oh. Remember she had Jane for she everything. Was and she yeah. was the lady who basically was the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. And we so, still, by the way, they still have them today. Barbara Streisand, I always say her assistant was her maid of honor yeah. at her wedding. Because they're with you every day. They trust you. And, and in, it's sadly because these people are such narcissistic they don't usually make very good parents so the kids resent them i've seen parents actually resent the kids because the kids grew up rich and they didn't yeah so oddly enough just strange so the, it's the assistants that usually yeah get close to them and get the lion's share oh for sure um we should before we go we should touch on the just the, the head of hopper House, which we said oh is three God. times as big the as theirs. The house built on fear, <laughs> right? And everyone's dressed in black. Yeah, even Betty and Joan showed yes. up in black because mm-hmm. it's like it's a funeral. She, it's a funeral. She's How gonna kill us. Have you ever seen a more unappealing dish than the oh, fish? So gross. I wanted. Well, to the throw fish was on. symbolic. <laughs> yes, of course. But I think what's interesting is that they both no looked dessert. at each other, and again, they knew we have to band together again. Mm-hmm. We had to band together to do this movie. Now we have to band together against this. This evil woman mm-hmm. who just wants to tear us apart. And no dessert because I'm I'm diabetic. I'm di- and, and what she was saying was no I don't bullshit, want the sugar. fake. Right? Yeah, but if you watch, they were setting us up for what's about to come because there are subtle digs in all of these things that they're saying back and forth. You can feel the animosity, and for the show to end on that moment mm. is so big because it gives you all mm-hmm. those things. But how funny that Hedda lured them in thinking it was one of her fabulous dinner parties yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just the two of them. <laughs> yeah, the two of them. Like, I know. She literally set them up and I love that Hollywood still works the same way. Because you mentioned it's like yeah. Harvey Levin. Like Harvey Levin has built a house based on celebrity <laughs> flubs and fuck-ups. That mansion in Marina Del Rey is bigger than life itself. But that's what the world's built on. People love pop culture. They love the news. And they love that gossip. It's crazy. Crazy. All right, guys. <sighs> this is well, going to be amazing. I'm excited. I haven't been excited about a show like this for so long. Um, but we this was... We got you was, out of After Buzz retirement for You this. got me out. <laughs> the only other show I've done was Breaking Bad. Oh. But, uh, but I'm excited to do this. So this was The Feud after show. And you guys, as the weeks Episode go on, one. we're going to try to bring in some more guests. I think we should all go into our Rolodexes and get yeah. some people in here that can speak to this as well. And before we go firmly, let us know a little bit about AfterBuzz. Sure. Let the everyone... genius thing about AfterBuzz is you want more of what you love. So if you love Housewives, if you love any sh- hundreds of shows, there's probably an after show for that. So check it out at AfterBuzzTV.com. So w- w- you do the be- you do all the Housewives shows, right? I do Housewives, Royals, Divorce on HBO. Yeah, you, you rock high-low. Yeah, I do. We do everything, you guys. Yes, like I do Bar everything. Rescue, which is a show about bar renovation. So I mean, there's, ch- check us out if you have a favorite show and you want um, crazy fans like you to talk about it. Well, where the place to be? Yeah, AfterBuzzTV.com or download us on uh, iTunes. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. As always, AfterBuzzTV.com. This is the after show for Feud episode one. We will and be back send for us episode your feedback, two. Please, you guys, go you, on you, yes. our YouTube thing. You, are, you can uh, send us feedback there. You can send feedback, rate and comment on iTunes or tweet at one, at of, these beautiful, one of these beautiful people. Do it at the Lady Sitter. At Fern Renee. At Undergar. <laughs> and check me out on The Tomorrow Show at thetomorrowshow.com Mondays and Thursdays. And Justin, you don't know how we're going to go out, but this is how we're going to go out. Ready? From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.